Hi, I'm River. I use they, them pronouns and I'm a student at Southern Cross University and I'm here at the Byron Writers Festival with Northern Rivers Bay self-identified queer author Dylan Hardcastle. As well as writing for diverse magazines and journals, Dylan has written three critically acclaimed books. The most recent, Below Deck, has been described as a heartbreakingly poetic and haunting story. It has been translated into eight languages. Dylan, welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Great to have you. So we'll get straight stuck into it. So you just appeared in a panel this morning um, discussing the power of rage. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, so the most recent book, as you said, is Below Deck. And that book sort of charts the 20s of a young woman working on um, yachts at sea. And she encounters sexual violence, and I guess it's about the aftermath of sexual violence and also about rape culture and the myths that sustain and prop it up. Um, and so I used, channeled a lot of anger, I guess, to write that book, which I think is why I ended up on that panel. Um, but as I just mentioned to you before, the panel was originally on female rage, which I thought was um, a bit of an oversight. <laughs> so we ended up dropping the female from the rage um, as I don't identify as a woman. So then could you be able to tell us a bit about the power of rage as a queer and gender fluid or person that identifies with they them pronouns? Mm. Yeah, this is something that I actually was forced to reckon with and think a lot about in the lead up to this panel. And I think, you know, on a personal level, which I kind of touched on on the panel, was I grew up in uh, house in which for me at least walking away from my childhood um, I've often conflated abuse and violence with anger and mm. have never or didn't have um, ways when I was growing up of, of any modeling of how anger could be expressed in a way that was safe and healthy and so I think that as I've you know sort of reckoned with my own transness and queerness over the last few years I've noticed the way that people respond to me um, and my anger in like a, in a broader sense that when I moved through the world dressed as or passing as a cis woman that I'm, my anger was never threatening in the way that now that I've really lent into my like masculinity that yeah my anger is like perceived in a different way and I think it for trans masculine and um, trans men and um, a lot of gender fluid people are kind of yeah I, I mean I'm still trying to put language to it but I but I've definitely noticed the way that my anger is not um, held in the same way and it's not like mm. yeah it's kind of seen as dangerous in a way that when I move through the world being perceived as a woman I wasn't um, yeah, it didn't seem to. It wasn't seem to be as loaded, and that's like brought up all of this stuff for me personally of being like, okay, I don't want to become this like angry perpetrator, which is you know like what I kind of grew up with, and I'm so so determined not to become that that it's almost like I repress um, my own anger to the extent that then it just lives on in my body in a way that's like also to my own detriment so I'm yeah very much trying to work out ways of 
safely and healthily, I guess, expressing that anger and shedding it and letting it mm. not hold on to me so much. Mm. Yeah. Well, your um, new book yet to be published, A Language of Limbs, um, is your first fiction book to explore a queer narrative. Mm. Um, I don't know, many of us are very excited to get our hands on a copy and I was just wondering, has this story helped you to explore your identity as a queer person and as a person exploring trans-masculine identity? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I, I don't know, I feel like my books are always kind of a couple of years behind wherever I'm at, where um, I really learn a lot about myself through the way that I tell stories and and you know it takes a lot of time for me personally to I don't know it's, it's such a slow process to make sense of my experiences in language and yeah I really learn more about who I am with each book or work I put out there and because I think for me my work typically starts as a question or like an idea or a curiosity and then I spend the whole book teasing out that idea and the sort of beginning of this book, A Language of Limbs, is um, I was walking to a music festival or to a gig maybe like six or seven years ago. I was listening to music and walking through the city in Sydney. And I, me and my partner at the time had been talking about like almost kisses being more hot sometimes than actually kissing. <laughs> and, and so I was like thinking about this and I was like, whoa, what if you had like two lives that just almost kissed their like whole story and they're like, you know, their webs of their lives are overlapping, but the bodies of the spiders never actually meet or encounter each other. And so that kind of like proliferated to this book about it's split between limb one and limb two. And it's about these, um, two lives that are almost kissing or almost meeting a bunch of times um, but not quite and I think like what I ended up figuring out was that so much of my experience of being queer has been like pining and yearning for things that I that are unnamed that I like pining for someone that I had a crush on who I like couldn't bring myself to like out myself or like pining to be public with someone in a country or even like even in parts of Australia where like I knew that I couldn't be like publicly affectionate um, because it was dangerous and so like I've, yeah I feel like so much of my experience of being queer has been wrapped up in this like pining and yearning for something and so I kind of love that the way that this book's gonna be or is structured just amounts to the reader pining like the reader will experience this yearning of like wanting these two characters to get together that is how I wanted to capture sort of what queerness has felt like for me most of the time. Mm, that's really beautiful what you said about um, the webs being interconnected but the spiders never touching. Mm. That was a really beautiful Thank little you. line there. <laughs> so you also studied visual art and I want to know how do you see the intersections between art and writing and do they pull you in different directions as well? Mm. I think the the main thing is that I just find different ways of saying something. Mm -hmm. um, so often if I don't have the words, I can't find the words or the language necessarily for like a particular idea, then I'll turn to painting and I can often flesh it out in a really abstract way and then come back, you know, having seen it from a, 
from it through a new lens or from a new direction, a new angle. Um, yeah, and so I think they really complement each other. And like, I finished a language with them five weeks ago, and then um, have just been painting all day every day since. And then once I've sort of exhausted that and what I'm trying to explore in that, then I know that I'll go back to the next edit of a language of limbs. Yeah. Mm. Do you often use or find yourself using your artistic practice to explore your gender identity and your queerness? Yeah, definitely. And I don't know, like, I don't know where I would be if I didn't have this. Like, it feels like such a lifesaver. It's just a way for me to give language to these feelings that I've had. Like, when I was saying before that I just read Eve Reed's book, um, I was like, what? I could have written this because it's just like everything I've ever thought and felt slippery feelings that have no edge or shape. And then suddenly someone puts words to it and you can like, you know, it has a border and you can understand it. And yeah, I think that's what my writing and painting has always been for me. It's been like making shapes out of like really fluid liquids. <laughs> Such a weird... <laughs> it is liquidy, isn't it? When yeah. we talk about identity, it's yeah. all fluid and changeable and yeah, yeah uncomfortable sometimes yeah, as well. Totally. The theme of this year's uh, Writers Festival is Radical Hope. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to you, Radical Hope? Mm. That's such an interesting question. I think it's so easy with faced with the adversity, especially as queer people, but also like, you know, living through a global pandemic and living through um, an imminent climate crisis that is already playing out, you know, as you and I would know in this community, especially this year. I think radical hope is like being able to f not be existential, um, mm. is like, yeah, not only surviving, but, um, maintaining hope and not becoming existential and super nihilistic I think is like such a courageous act mm -hmm. I think that as well uh, like you mentioned before in Evesri's book um, putting words to these kind of liquidy shapes and borders mm. do you find hope and radical hope in writing literature and stories and fiction by other queer and gender fluid and trans trans identifying authors yeah, definitely. Um, I'm actually doing my PhD on uh, embodied language within queer literature, mm. and it's just heaven because I just get to read all of these queer books or books by queer authors, and yeah, kind of like learn from them in ways that they are able to articulate specific bodily experiences of being queer, um, and that yeah, essentially find some kind of queer corporate reality mm. that I think, yeah, the other thing that I was thinking about um, when you were speaking just before about radical hope is like connection and community are sources of hope. And um, yeah, I find so much community and like this feeling, really intense feeling of community through reading works that connect with me in that way. Yeah. What's one of your favourite queer books that you've been studying for your PhD? In the Dreamhouse um, by Carmen Maria Mercado. And it's quite a heavy, serious book. It's about um, her relationship of, of which transpired into uh, domestic abuse or domestic violence. Um, and yeah, it's kind of about the like fetishization of lesbianism as this like dream house utopia and then what happens when that house becomes haunted. 
um, but it's so brilliant and it just like kind of blew apart everything that I thought a memoir could be and yeah it's just like so stunning in its craft that it really opened my eyes to like just so much possibility within my own work and own craft. It's really fascinating reading about the fetishization of, I think, queer sexuality mm. and queer intercultures as well. Um, sounds like a great book. Yeah. Um, and I've got two more questions for you. Mm -hmm. First one is, what advice would you give to other young writers or students of writing, particularly if they're queer? I think just to like go inward and write what is true for you. That, that I mean, and I know it's like, it sounds so cliche, um, but like putting anything to paper is going to be of benefit to you. My first publisher used to say to me, you know, you can't edit a vacuum. And while it's all kind of in your head and, um, you know, you don't have anything on paper, it's like, yeah, there's nothing to work with. And so letting go of, letting go of any kind of like perfectionism and like just letting it flow out and like making shapes of these yeah <laughs> we keep coming back to this don't we? <laughs> so liquidy yeah maybe that can be your next book liquid shapes yeah. <laughs> we could quite like that <laughs> letting go of perfectionism mm -hmm. mm. yeah yeah and what would you say to a young villain hardcastle when i was 15 if you told me i was going to be a writer and not a pro surfer i would have like laughed in your face <laughs> um so maybe i just would have said like yeah you're not going to be on the world tour so turn to writing <laughs> to give a more serious answer i um i think that so much of my like teenage years were without this language for h how i felt about myself and about myself in the world and yeah i think just telling my young self that things will make sense and that I will find the words for this one day. Um, yeah, is what I would tell young Dylan. Mm. Well, thank you so much for that interview and for sharing your experience as a gender fluid queer person. And um, yeah, that was really, really special. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me.